Good morning. Welcome to Shepherd's Gate this morning. We're so glad that you are here with us, whether you're in person, online, or catching us later on demand. It's so great to be outside this morning, and praise God, it looks like the sky is clearing up a little bit. How many kids brought their backpacks this morning? I know my kids have theirs, and we're so excited to be able to pray a blessing over them and their backpacks as they get started off on the new school year. If you are a first-time guest this morning, then feel free to head on over to the table to my left for a free gift that we have for you this morning. A special thanks to our neighbors at CAT and our first responders who are here this morning with us. They have their vehicles, and we are able to check those out after the service this morning. So stay with us, um, hang out a little bit after, and enjoy looking at those vehicles. And we also have fresh donuts and refreshments in the red barn behind us. So feel free to stick around, have some fun time of fellowship, and enjoy some time with your church family this morning. The last announcement I have for you is that this Wednesday, we are kicking off Gather at the Gate. So this is a new Bible study that we have. We are having a dinner, and this is a free dinner. You know what they say, if you feed them, they will come. So come and enjoy dinner, enjoy a time of fellowship and fun. And then we have something for students, we have something for kids, and we have something for adults. So you can all be together, study the word, and we can get to know some new people and enjoy some time with those that we already know. So take that opportunity to come and get connected and learn more about the Bible and following Jesus. Please register for this event. We have registration available online or through the app. So please, please, please register so that we know you're coming because we want to have enough food to feed everyone that shows up. So please make sure to register. Uh, the sooner the better. Again, this is kicking off this Wednesday, and we will be doing this twice a month. So make sure to let us know when you plan on coming so that we have lots of food for you. Before we begin this morning, let's take a moment to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for clearing up the skies so we can be outside worshiping together, God. We're so thankful for this day. We're thankful for this church and the things that we provide to our members and to our community, God. Please be with Pastor Tim as he speaks to us this morning. Just let his words just glorify you and your holy name, God. Lord, we also want to pray, as we remembered the 20th anniversary of 9-11 yesterday, Lord, I just pray for anybody who was affected by that and continues to be affected by that, Lord. We just want to lift them up to you, and I just pray that they feel your peace and your comfort, God, as they remember that tragic time and those tragic events, Lord. We also want to lift up anybody who is sick this morning, who can't be with us, Lord, please let them know that we are thinking about them and we are praying for them. And we just pray that your healing arms just wrap around them and that they feel your love and your care through God's people, Lord. So we thank you again for this morning. And we just pray that this whole morning is a blessing to those that came, to those that are watching online, Lord, we are so abundantly blessed by you and your word. 
In your precious and holy name we pray, God. Amen. Can we give Becky a hand this morning? We're so thankful for her. She just recently joined our staff. She's working with Gaylin uh, Gelliberto, who's our adult director, and so she's now our adult assistant and really uh, in, in, in part of helping get all of our fall classes and groups and everything lined up. So we're just grateful to have her. And it is great. It is great to have our fire department here because we called them, not because we called 911. So just so you know, they're here uh, for the kids and for the kids at heart. If you want to get your picture or climb up in a fire truck, you've always wanted to do that. So can we thank them? Because I think they can hear us. I'm guessing they can hear us. If this is your first time here, or maybe you haven't been here in the last 20 months, can we just say welcome to Shepherd's Gate? Whether you're here in person or maybe you're watching us online, we're just so glad that we can be outside and worship our God together. Uh, today, as we kick off a brand new sermon series, the sermon series is just a series of messages that we do over several weeks and uh, one of the things that we really enjoy doing here at Shepherd's Gate is actually going through books of the Bible and going through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, because that's how they're broken up. And that's what we're going to kick off today. We're actually, for the next eight weeks, you ready for this? We're going to be going through First Peter. And it's called First Peter because he wrote two letters. He wrote First Peter and he wrote, no, it was Third Peter. No, just kidding. He wrote First Peter and Second Peter. And you may be new to church, you may be new to Christianity, you may be new to just even understanding the Bible. You are in the right place because the thing that we love to do here is take our time and not skip over the hard parts or the difficult parts. One of the things that, that Peter does in his reading style is he's not afraid to just go at it and use terms that connect us to the Old Testament of the Bible. And so we're going to explore that, explain that. And those of you that maybe you've been around church for a long time, you know the value of Scripture. You know that this is God that speaks to us, that his word is living and it's active and it's powerful. And it is what has the power to change and to transform our lives. And so in a world that has been turned upside down, in a world that is full of confusion, in a world where it seems like things are constantly changing, one of the ways that, that I believe we can bring stability is by going through a book of the Bible. That you know that each and every Sunday when you come here that there's a consistency to it. And not only for us to do this as a church, but you do this in your home. That you read these passages, that we've prepared questions for you, that we have questions even for your kids to engage in. In fact, each and every week, your kids and our kids program learn the exact same thing that you learn on Sunday morning. Isn't that great? Doesn't that just make it easy? And so today, we're kicking off our sermon series, and it's called Real Life. But before we get into our passage, uh, this is just an observation that I've made over the years that God has allowed me to be in ministry I firmly believe that the day after Labor Day, in fact, the whole week after Labor Day, is one of the most stressful times in people's lives. Parents, how many of you would agree with that? Everyone's world gets turned upside down post-Labor Day. Now, back in June, we did a sermon series called Ready, Set. No, it wasn't Go. It was called Ready, Set. Stop, because we said God has blessed us. He allows us to live in Michigan. We know the days are long, that we need rest. Our bodies need rest, so let's get out. Let's rest. Let's spend time with family and friends. Let's get out into nature. 
and, and to see all that he's blessed us with. And so now that we make that transition back into the fall, isn't it interesting how, how difficult it really is to go to bed at a decent time, to have to get our kids up early in the morning? Some of you, your schedules are so packed full. Your family calendar has zero margin in it. Amen? If you were to see my family calendar, in fact, I'll give you this story. We signed our oldest son up for flag football. We signed him up for flag football. What we didn't know is that we had so many conflicts, he missed all of the practices in the first game, and he's not playing flag football this fall. That's how nuts family schedules are. And I know this as well from living in this area. Usually this is how we do it, parents. Let's just be honest. The first thing we do is the sports schedule. All right? So we get all the practices and games in our calendar. See, you guys don't want to say amen to that one, but you know it's true. Grandparents will say amen to it. All right, so you get that one first. Then you get into the school schedule. Then you get into, okay, what's next? Okay, maybe there's some family schedules. There's some birthday parties. There's some things that you got to do here or there. Oh, it's the fall, so we got to make sure we go to the cider mill. Oh, we got this or we got that. Oh, we got to go to a wedding here or there. We have all these other commitments, and things just begin to stack and pile on top of each other. And then what happens? Life. Life hits you. Life rocks you. Life is never smooth sailing. Something will happen that'll turn your world upside down again, and you'll have to reshuffle and reprioritize. Here's what's really cool is there was a guy in the parking lot in a Suburban. Did anybody see that guy with the Suburban over there? He totally just gave me an illustration this morning. He was parked right here by the curb, and his family was looking in at our service. And I said to Kurt, our tech guy who's riding around on a bicycle, have you seen him? I said, it's getting to the point where they're not getting out of the car. You should go see what that's all about. So Kurt was kind enough to ride his bike over to the vehicle, and he said, he said, hey, can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? And he said, no, we just heard you guys singing across the street. We were getting gasoline. Well, that we praise God for, but get ready for this. He, he already left. He said, he said, we would love to stay, but we have to go to a soccer game. We just really miss being in church. We're like, Come back, be part of this. So we know the struggle is real. We know juggling schedules and all of those things are difficult for us to do. But I want to ask you this as well this morning. Are you excited about this fall? And what is it that you are excited about? Can you identify what it is that you're excited about? Because when I look around in our world, and I look at people in stores, and I run into people in, in my neighborhood, it just seems that stress and fatigue has gripped so many people. And I think one of the biggest tactics of the devil is to try to rob us of our joy, to try to rob us of our peace, to fill our schedules so much that there's no more room left for God or even for ourselves. And we just become depleted just depressed individuals who are trying to just survive day in and day out. And I bet you if I asked you this question, what is it that concerns you about this fall? I bet your list may be a little bit bigger if you were to actually sit down and write it out than what actually excites you about this fall. 
And what I love about the text that we're going to go through over the next eight weeks is I believe 1 Peter is going to speak to us in incredible ways. In fact, we're going to take our time just even introducing you. That's pretty much what today is going to be about. We're going to get into a few verses of who is this guy, Peter? Who is Peter? Anybody know who Peter is? He's one of the hand-picked disciples of Jesus, and he has this incredible opportunity to be used by God and how much that impacts us today, and that we are actually connected to Peter, that we are connected to the early disciples and apostles, that God was the one that orchestrated all of these things to take place, that we would be connected to him. And even though he wrote these things so long ago, how applicable they still are to our lives today. And so Peter, if you didn't know, his name actually started out as Simon, And then Jesus decided that he would switch his name to Peter. So imagine that. Imagine his mother, and when she found out the news that Jesus didn't like Simon, he wanted him to be called Peter. This is what we find out. He's actually a fisherman when Jesus first calls him. He has a brother because Jesus called Simon Peter, and he called his brother. Anybody ever have conflicts with siblings? Anybody having conflicts with siblings right now? He's a homeowner. That's pretty stressful, wouldn't you say, owning a home and all that goes into that? Ready for this one? He's a son-in-law. He knows what it's like to have a mother-in-law. He's a risk taker, Matthew 14. He's a leader, Matthew 16. He's a loudmouth, also Matthew 16, because he had a tendency to interrupt Jesus during his teachings. He was an arguer in John 13, again, with Jesus. He got to a point in his travels with Jesus that he actually denied Jesus, that he denied even knowing him. He was a sleeper because after Jesus gave him a couple glasses of wine, he asked him to pray, and old Peter went to sleep instead of pray. He was a defender. And he wasn't afraid to cry. In fact, when the rooster crowed the third time, it says he wept bitterly. He was a runner. Any runners out there? That's a big commitment. He was a runner. He just wasn't a very fast runner because John was faster than him. He was a preacher because he got to preach on Acts chapter 2, the first sermon ever. He was the one that got to stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach. He was a man of prayer. He believed in God. He believed what God could do for people. He was a man of great faith. He was a teacher. He shared what he had seen and what he had heard with others. And he was a writer, which is why we have 1 Peter. Now, he's writing to these churches, and we're going to read this together in a moment. But he starts off by saying this. 1 Peter, and if you have your Bible app, you want to follow along, in the Bible, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, or there's notes on the app, the Shepherd's Gate app as well. So however you want to do that, this is what it says. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And an apostle is someone that is sent by God to share the message of Jesus. He was handpicked by Jesus. Jesus is the one that instituted this in his life. And so another way to look at this is he's a missionary or he is an ambassador for God. Now remember, he's a fisherman, and he also owns a fishing business. In fact, after Jesus uh, died and was raised from the dead, he went back to his fishing business. 
So goes on to say this. This is what he's writing to them. He says, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithna, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. Whoa, Peter. What in the world is all of that? What he's writing to are churches that are all over Asia Minor. And these are relatively new churches. These are Gentile churches, so they're, they're, they weren't raised in the Jewish faith. They didn't understand completely the Old Testament passages. And so here he is. They're about 10 years old, and he's writing letters to them. And many of these churches had already received letters from the Apostle Paul. And so he's getting word on what's taking place, and so he decides to write them letters. And so this letter is actually dispersed to all of these different churches all over Asia Minor. And this is what's really cool is he starts his letter by acknowledging that God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See, we use a churchy word, it's called the Trinity, but the the word Trinity actually isn't found in Scripture. What we find throughout Scripture is references to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even in baptism in Matthew 28, that you go and that you baptize all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this is his way of saying that. He says this, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, that God knows everything past, present, and future. God knows everything about you. God knew that you would be born during this time. God knew that your kids would be facing what they're facing right now. He chose you. You were chosen by him. And this is our time. This is, this is the era in which we live that he has called us to be his representation on this earth. Do you know really the only reason we exist on this earth is for others, to tell others of the hope that they can have in Jesus. And so he first reminds them, these are encouraging words, realize that the foreknowledge of God the Father, it's through the sanctification of the Spirit that God sanctifies us, that God calls us as his own, that as we saw in baptism today, that he puts his hand upon us. And it's this obedience to Jesus Christ. We obey Christ because of what he has done for us, because the Holy Spirit has stirred our hearts. And then it ends by saying, the sprinkling with his blood. Now, if you're new to church or new to Christianity, I get that. That's a little weird, isn't it? I can tell you if you've been in the church a long time, that's a little weird. Like sprinkling with his blood. What in the world, Peter, are you talking about? And what this is, it's a reference back to the Old Testament when God told Moses to sprinkle blood on the people, that the covenant was with them. And so what they're doing in this passage is he's explaining that they too are under God's covenant, that God chose them, that God loves them, that God has a purpose and a plan for them. You see, during this time, here, these churches, as they were starting out, they were under intense persecution. The reason they're spread to all these regions in Asia Minor is because they were being picked on for believing in Jesus Christ. And it wasn't that it was just a bully. I mean, some of them, their businesses were being ignored. Their homes were being torn apart. Some of them would end up in prison. I mean, it was pretty intense persecution. And they were living at a time when things were not okay. There was a lot of dysfunction during the time. In fact, they actually lived in a corrupt culture. Sin was prevalent. Sin was all around them. And the devil was having a heyday. And here you have these churches. You have these lighthouses of God that he has planted all over the place where people can gather. 
where can, people can be reminded of who they are and that God is their creator, that Jesus Christ, in fact, died on the cross and redeemed and that the Holy Spirit is still alive and active in their lives. Doesn't that sound a little bit like the world we live in? Just a little bit? Just a little bit? So he ends the first part by saying this, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And that's our heart's desire for you, whether you're watching online, you're here in person, that God's grace and that his peace would be multiplied to you. That you would not be overcome by the world and the pressures of the world and the news that you receive and the things that you see taking on and the things that are taking place around us, that God would multiply more and more as things get more difficult, as things get tougher and tougher, because that's actually what the Bible says, is that things will get worse and worse and worse before God the Father gives Jesus the nod and he comes back from heaven once and for all for his church. And so for us, it's to keep that eternal perspective that, God, we need your grace and we need your peace We need your grace and we need your peace each and every day. And God, when we wake up in the morning, may we be reminded of how much we need your grace and your peace in our lives. He goes on to say this in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless his name. Bless God. And we got to sing this morning and we got to bless God with our praises. He said, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That Jesus has, in fact, walked out of that grave, that he has defeated sin, death, and the devil for you and for me. That God loves you and God continues to work in your life and in the life of your family. You are born again. God brought you to life, spiritual life in him. And part of that package, I want you to hear that. Part of this is this. It's an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Ready for this? It is kept in heaven for you. You have something waiting for you that is way better than anything you could create or surmise here on earth. Isn't that incredible? All the hard work. All the hours that you put in your vocation, whatever kingdoms we try to build here on earth, does not compare to what awaits for us in eternity. And Jesus went to prepare those places for us. He did what we couldn't do for ourselves. He died and then he rose again. And he says this incredible promise is being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And there it is. He's saying, church, listen to this. I know it's tough. I know you're going through persecution. I know the culture that you're living in seems to be getting darker and darker and moving away from from biblical values and the things that you hold so dear. And you're worried. You're worried about your place of work. You're worried about your family. You're worried about the country that you live in. And Peter, rightly so, gets their eyes to focus once again on Jesus. Gets them to focus on who it is that's the author of their faith. 
the one who has the answer to every one of life's solutions, the one who will never let go of your hand, that no matter what you face, he will be there with you, and he will lead, and he will guide you, and praise be to God, he is coming again. Amen? So don't lose hope. Don't let anybody try to hold you down. Verse 6, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. I want you to think about that. The trials that, that God has put in your life, the mountains and the obstacles that you are facing. Sometimes when you don't understand, God, why is this happening to me? Or why does, this, why does it seem to always be great in my life? Why doesn't anything ever work out? God knows. God grieves with you. And it says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, and your faith he describes is this way, the faith that you have in Jesus is more precious than gold, And that gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He loves you. He has not stopped working in your life. He still has a purpose and a plan for you here on this earth. And he is never going to stop working in your life. And he goes on to see this because I love these encouraging words. He says, though you have not seen him, which is true of us, none of us have seen God, you love him. You love him. You love God. So many of you that are here today, I know that you love God. And even trying to explain that to others is sometimes difficult. We love him because he first loved us and gave us the ability to love him. That even if we've had the worst day, the worst week, the worst month, the worst year, the worst decade, we are loved by God. And we love God. It says, though you do not see him, not only do you love him, but you believe in him. And he says, and you rejoice with joy that an inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I want you to hear this today, church. Jesus came to give you a living hope to carry you through all of life's circumstances and trials. He came to give you a living hope, purpose, and a destiny. And I want you to think as we head into this fall, all of the challenges that life has thrown at us. All of the things that we know, and there's so much uncertainty even the next few weeks, next few months, of what exactly is going to unfold. Our team here at Shepherd's Gate gave me this incredible illustration. I don't know if any of you have seen this before. I have never seen this illustration before. I'm sure you all can see this, right? Can you see this in the back row, in the balcony back there? Does anybody guess what this is? This is a jar full of rice. I'm going to attempt to jump, dump this jar of rice into this pitcher. Ready to be impressed? Are you impressed? Oh, you're going to clap for me even.
I just broke the jar. That's right, the lid still works. All this rice represents all the things that we have to do in our lives. Every decision we have to make, every game we have to attend, every meeting we have to sit in, every Zoom call we got to be on, every tea time, every whatever it is that you have in your life. And there's so many little decisions that we make all day long. And isn't it interesting that when you start to begin to calculate all of these things that we have before us, how quickly our lives are filled. Isn't that impressive? That's your life. That's my life. Full of tiny little decisions. And so often what happens when we get stressed out, when we get burned out, all of these things begin to take over our schedules. And then we begin to say, God, we need you. God, we need you to help us. We need you to help us navigate and figure this life out. And so after our lives are completely full, all of a sudden, we invite God back into our lives. And then guess what happens? You can't close it. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work because I broke it. But then watch this. With all of the complexities of life, with all of the decisions that you have to make, with all of the schedules that you have to manage, with all of those things coming at you, if you have God as the center of your life, if every decision that you make, you go to God, you pray to God, you cry out to God, you say, God, no matter what happens this fall, I want you to be part of those decisions. I want you to be part of my marriage. I want you to be part of my family. God, I even give you my calendar because it's nuts. I can't even, there's no margin. God, I need you to help me. And what's so crazy is when you start with God as your foundation and then you add in all of those little tiny decisions that you have to make, it fits. Are you impressed or what? Isn't that crazy? Look at that. And I believe that is an incredible way for us to look at our lives. God, we want you to be the center of our lives. And again, that's why we're going to do what we're going to do on Sunday morning. Going through God's word, reading it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, saying, God, we know that you have a word to speak to us. As you heard Becky talk about earlier, we know that, that this is the time also when all of our Bible studies are kicking up and our small groups and our life groups are kicking up. And we would love for you to be part of what it is that God is doing here at Shepherd's Gate. We would love for not only you to be part of it, but we'd love for your kids to be part of it. And as she explained on Wednesday nights as we do this gather at the gate, and I want you to think about why we did it this way and, and the, the strategy behind this is that we would do it for two Wednesdays a month. Eight sessions. And as she mentioned, dinner first. And then everybody goes to their groups so that we could come together and have an oasis from the world that we live in, that we could dig deep into God's word and allow his word to continue to encourage us, and we could be around fellow Christians. And for those of you that are online, we're going to be live streaming the session for the adults as well. 
And so we would encourage you to check that out, get, that, get involved. There's other Bible studies throughout our week. We have a men's group on Monday night. We have a women's group on Thursday mornings. And there's some other opportunities for you to connect. But this is something we really want to invite you to be a part of, that we continue to walk together, that we continue to read Scripture together, that we continue to show our kids there's a better way. And that way is through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, once again, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for for being part of this church and joining us on this journey. And today, as we watched, as our kids went back to school, we wanted to end our service today by blessing our kids. And so I'm going to ask Jennifer Price. She's our family coordinator. Can you give her a hand as she comes up here? And kids, get ready. Grab your backpacks. Because we want to bless our kids today. Good morning. The ushers are going to be coming around and passing out um, in baskets carabiners for the kids and um, pencils. Um, we had, um, as everyone's going back to school, we know it can be stressful and scary and just lots of added struggles. So we had the carabiners with Philippians 4 6 printed on them so that the kids have a physical reminder of um, God telling us not to be anxious about anything, but in anything or in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, to let God know our desires. So when we're worried about the test or homework, not having anyone to play with on the playground or sit with at lunch, or a friend that's not acting like a friend, that we tell God about that over and over again until we feel better or it's resolved, and that we also remind remember to thank him when things are going good as well. Um, so just keep it on your backpack, use it as a keychain, have it on your desk where you do your homework and just let it be a reminder to you that God wants us to come to him with all of our problems and give us hope that we'll get through them. That's great. Thank you for putting this all together for you and your team and all that you continue to do for our kids and family. And congregation, if you wouldn't mind standing, and parents, grandparents, if you're by your kids, would you go ahead and just put a hand on their shoulder? We're going to pray over them, a special blessing on them today as they start this new school year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our kids. God, we know that they are a blessing from you. And God, you know what it is they're facing. You know how they're processing the events of our world. We know that that sometimes they hear conversations that adults are having and they're trying to just get a grapple on what's happening around them. God, this morning we pray for a hedge of protection to be around their hearts and around their minds. May they know, God, that you are in control, that you are on your throne and that you continue to work in their lives and that the future is bright and it's hopeful for them because of the faith that they have in you. So, God, we pray a special blessing upon them today. We pray that as as they go to their classes, that you would give them favor with their teachers and with their classmates, uh, that school would be an enjoyable time, a fun time, an uplifting time for them, that, God, we know that you're going to continue to train them into whatever future you have for them. God, we pray that you would also be with their parents. God, I know how difficult it is and struggling with with what you do and don't do, or you say or you don't say, or you put them in this program or that program. 
God, give parents wisdom and guidance as they seek to raise their kids to fear and to know and to love the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, we need you. We need that grace and peace that that you gave to Peter that you talked about in our lives. And so I pray each and every morning of their school year would be full of grace and peace. May God, this be the best school year these kids have ever experienced in their lives, no matter what's happening around them, because they are loved and they are marked by you. God, we love you. We thank you for this incredible day that you've blessed us with. We thank you for these kids once again. It's in your name we pray. Amen.